I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost Words of DraftKings podcast. I'm back with Matt Vincenzi after a, a long break from the previous season. Uh, what are we, two weeks removed from the Tour Championship? But um, I'm actually really excited this week. I, I don't normally miss golf. When you when you create content for 50-odd weeks of the year, you, you probably don't miss it. But actually, just getting back into the swing of things, it was quite exciting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't miss writing about it but i do miss talking about it talking about it is always great yeah i think it's i think it's a process help right like as soon as i like yesterday was a bit of a minefield of the italian open and this fortinet and i was just talking with sky talking with jason on on the various different shows and now talking with you tonight we'll just get some more clarity um on, on just our processes for the week and, and i'm looking forward to that so um anything we want to touch upon before just launching straight into the event well, it, it depends um, how many people you want to piss off. So I, 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 I'm on probation from talking too much about um, the world of golf because I know but a lot of people get mad. What's made my stance a little bit different than a lot of people is like sometimes I'll shit on the guys in, on Live. Sometimes I'll shit, shit on the guys on the PJ Tour. Like, um you know, I think for the most part that that event was awesome. I think that Live Guys actually made it much better just because of the intrigue and the drama that it created. I mean, gl- eyes were glued to the TV more so than they would than they would have been if Gooch and and Reed weren't on the leaderboard, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think it was maybe not. It was either nine or twelve in the top twenty-three that came from Live. Um, I think it was probably nine. Twelve sounds a lot. Um, and you know. Like you say, Reed made a run, Gooch made a run, Lancer was there. Like it, it's, it's a big deal, right? And you know, it's. I think for people that are at the event, it, it's good just to be able to see all of them, right? Like if if you're not someone that sits on either side of it, you just appreciate seeing the best golfers, and you can sit here and talk politics about it, and, and we probably won't. But like, you just you know gooch needed to do it to get into the masters for example like it, it's a necessity and, and all the time he's got the the opportunity to do it he's going to do it um whether he should stay off twitter probably should um but you know that that's a, a different story so it, it's definitely i was surprised at hideki that, that he hasn't gone um that was that was surprising news to me we thought cameron young was probably going to go didn't um somehow got talked out of that by someone um fine so so the pj tour i think's actually done pretty well i mean they've lost demon which i think was a, a pretty brutal loss and cameron smith but but the other guys i think you know they'll recover from yeah um so i based on that you're not gonna love what i'm saying next and I'm, i've heard from a couple people now that rom's gone from two people um one that i really really trust that you know, is, and I don't know if I'm even supposed to say it, but I don't even care. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Um, he's not, from what I heard, he's not 100% decided yet. He's um, was definitely he's leaning towards going. I didn't like the meeting with Rory and, and Tiger, and he said, um, I think, you know, the Rory and Tiger tour, quote unquote. And I think some people had problems with that. There, there was. He's got a very gigantic chip on his shoulder when it comes to JT and Rory, right? Being the two guys, or even or even Tiger, obviously. Um, but he always, you know, it always goes back to like 
you know, did you try and talk to Tiger Woods about your game? He's like, oh, there's only one person that can talk to Tiger Woods about his game, and that's Justin Thomas. And then he, he talks about, um, you know, recently the, the Ryder Cup requirements and having to play 20 events, guaranteed. Was it 20 or 22 events on the, on the PGA Tour? And then his four or five in, in, the, in Europe as well. And he was like, oh, they'll change that for us. And it's like, probably not, buddy. Like, they're not yeah. going to change it. So, and then la- last week he said, ask those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think. I don't know. I'd, be, I'd still be shocked. It'd, it'd be a shock to me. Um, but you, you can see the writing on the wall about some of the things they're forcing him to do that he doesn't like. Yeah. And then, um, and then Team so. Europe is stuffed. <laughs> the, the, and then the world of golf is. And that's the thing with, with these content creators. And I know, like, some people probably don't even want us to talk about live. And some people, like, but it's just difficult. This is what's happening in golf. And our job, and especially my job, is to talk about what's happening in golf. And people get really upset about it. And I understand it's emotional for a lot of people in, in these types of things. And they feel passionate about it. Um, and a lot of people don't like me or want to listen to me or, or follow me because of it. I say one thing they don't like. And... I know, yeah, and I even noticed a lot of people who typically listen to the show and were pretty, um, really like the show a lot, and they stop following me. But and that's okay if you don't like what I say. But I'm going to cover everything objectively. That's always been my goal. I I went after Garcia Sergio last week, who I typically really liked in the past, and I think I think he made an ass of himself, and I think he he came off as selfish and childish, and I know he's that's nothing new for him. But I thought it was, I. I thought he was more of a competitor than that even though he's childish and petulant in his career i think i still always viewed him as a competitor and now i i don't as much anymore so i'll go after anybody and i think with patrick reed the comments he made yesterday about um guys being able to play both tours i i think any logical person should agree with what he said even if you hate patrick reed and i saw some people even say that i think what he said was objectively true yeah i think i think we've we've had a couple of people talk differently about it this week we had uh billy horshaw obviously made the comments and he was very like you know he'd make a comment and then he'd sort of run back on say like you know gmac and and polter and and people like that have earned their stripes and, and should be able to play but taylor gooch and answer basically shouldn't and i actually almost agree with it to be honest i don't, I don't necessarily disagree with all of that um you know they, they've never really contributed anything to the to the dp world tour whereas someone like patrick reed even has played 10 12 events or whatever so um but then billy horsham needs to be a little bit quiet because he's only played four or five events himself so it's it, it it's very murky waters and i've taken the stance of not tweeting about it at all um purely because I just don't have the capacity to, to talk about it. Um, like you, we, we've lost listeners, we've lost followers. I just, I don't, I do and I don't care about that. I, I don't care in the sense of the actual number of it. Like if we lose X amount of followers and X amount of listeners, it's a number to me. What I care about is that like, they, they, they just don't want to listen. Like I, I had someone that just went, I don't need to hear about that that tour anymore so you're gone and i was like buddy you've like responded to every single one of my tweets for three four five years you've listened to every single show you, you you've nagged me about when time codes on you know about it. and then you say because i spoke to PCU line that that's the end and it's like <laughs> you know any person in in my position your position any content creator whether whatever side they sat on would have relished the opportunity to speak to a player that was moving over to that tour, and, and and I took the opportunity. Did I give him an easier interview than, than some would? I think I did. Um, a couple of reasons. One, I, I he's been very good to me over the past couple of years in terms of helping me with a podcast, in terms of reaching out to me in, in different things, and also I just don't want to lose the chance to speak to people. Like if if you. 
if you attack someone on the podcast, not only would you lose anyone that is potentially moving to live or going to be on live, you're probably also going to put people that are actually on the PJ tour at you know at um, you know stressed because they're wondering what you're going to say to them. So it, it doesn't matter what side you sit on. They're going to go, oh, okay, well, you dug out PCU line, so I'll come on because I'm on the PJ tour. It doesn't work like that. They'll go, no, we, we've seen what your style of attack is, and, and we don't like that either. So um, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think that's probably where we draw the line on live um obviously there's an event this week i think it's just one of those ones where like two things can exist you you can disagree with it and you can be objective on it as well and and just some people can't and, and that's fine um i get why it's an, it's an emotional subject it's, it's not like you can remove that um i'm not emotional about much <laughs> in terms of any sort of conversation like it, you know like like the queen for example like what's just happened there i wasn't i wasn't really emotional about that like i just it doesn't mean an awful lot to me it's if anything i think they could have carried on sport in general in the uk and 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 really celebrated her life i think it was a policing issue rather than a mark of respect and because of the pr they got it wrong um but yeah i think you know i take emotion out of basically everything um and, and just try and be objective and don't push people too far you know especially if they have a line that they want to draw like i thought peter was pretty open and, and things like that um so whatever i yeah. mean the actual positives actually outweighed the negatives on that which was quite surprising um yeah I'm, I'm similar to you in that i mean in, in terms of the taking emotion out of it like even my wife will say a lot of times like sometimes you can have a conversation and not bring it back to logical like just logical conclusion of everything and that's that's i think that's why you and i feel similarly about it i'm not saying i i love live i hate a lot of things about about live and i hate the format and i think it should change but um i don't know if you can change it now because the the roman numerals stand for 54 but i mean i, I don't like 54 whole events i think they suck so i hope one day that changes if you're into what the thing is, you can't put your hand, your head in the sand forever if you're a golf fan. You just can't because it's going to exist. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get better. We saw that only in three events. And, yeah, it sucks. It's a harsh reality. And But the world of golf, that's going to be part of it. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, you know, for, for us, we, we have to cover these things. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. So uh, whether it's right or wrong does matter to people, um, but it just doesn't matter as much to me is, is, is the way I would say on that. Mm-hmm. Um the Fortinet, then. So, first event of the season. How do you attack something like this? Do you still follow on from the previous season? Still take the learnings from what you've gone, the ball striking numbers, etc.? Or do you look at this as a fresh restart and start looking at course comparisons, people playing when in California, people who start the season fast and maybe tail off? Like, does your approach change, or do you just take the same approach that you take every week? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it has to be a combination of everything, just like always. Um, a lot of guys who've been playing up until the BMW or Tour Championship, like how can you not take into account what they've been doing? Right. They've been playing a lot of golf. and then, um, But there's also guys who I think needed a reset and got a reset, and they can win the same. I mean, in the California angle, I love. Last year, I, I, I always read my last year's preview just to see what I need to change and, and tweak and whatnot. And I, I was just so heavy on the California thing, and I picked – Homa, Revi, and Hadwin because of their West Coast success, and that's literally the reason why I bet Homa. And so people say narratives that uh, doesn't really matter. Like clearly it does because that led me to hitting a 66 to one winner. So I'm very similar this week. I don't like his guys at the top of the board as much, but I do think that California uh, narrative works. The agronomy is similar. These guys grew up playing in these types of courses. They went to college in the area. It matters. 
Yeah, well, look, that takes us into a, a good part of the show. It takes us to the top of the salary. We've got Hideki Matsuyama there. We'll come back to him in a minute. Let's, let's go to Max Homer. So he has played nine events in California. Of his last nine events in California, he's won two, finished seventh, finished tenth, finished eighteenth, finished twenty-first. So he's missed three cuts, two of which um, were major championships, and the other, I think, was. Uh, maybe the defence... No, it wasn't. It was Tory Pines. And he opened with a 68 and then sort of 74 on the south course. So he's just a different animal in, in California. And, and it makes sense. He, he was born there. He was educated there. It, you know, it, it makes perfect sense as to why he would be good. And, you know, I, I didn't bet him because I don't believe in Max Hover at 16 to 1 ever. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't play him in, in DraftKings. Yep, all great points. And... I'm struggling at the, in this area. I I just don't love the top of the board. I I truly think we're gonna get a random winner. I'm almost willing to guarantee it. Like I I just feel it. I just feel it that it's gonna be completely random. And um, that's I don't think that's really going on on a limb because no, of the no. field that we have. But but I I just don't think it's coming from here. Um, so then the, the the question to me becomes if you don't think it's coming from here, then which guy has the highest floor? Um. So, I, would, I would say is potentially Connors. I would say of the ten K guys. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So that's that's what led me to playing Connors because I just think I don't think any of them are winning, and I think he's the guy who, like, I don't think he's going to finish worse than fifteenth or seventeenth. Um, I, I do question whether he can putt on these types of, of greens because in the West Coast he's been horrible putting. Yeah, he's been horrible everywhere. But Homa, I just don't. I don't think Homa would even be playing this week if it wasn't if he wasn't the defending champ. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I think that the one thing I like about Homer, and I, I've put him in my first round leader article, which has just gone out, so I don't mind sort of sharing that that detail here. But like, he impressed me in the FedEx Cup after you know a bit of a struggle. Like he, he I'd say a bit of a struggle. So it's actually been an extensive period of time where he's actually played the last seven events pretty well, right? Like he he went for a little bit of a of a lull. Um, and then it seems like he's found a consistency which he never really had in his career. Um, he was always the type of person that could win Wells Fargo, could win Riviera, win at these classical courses, um, but never could string results together. And if you look at his course form, like that's that's exactly the same here. Like 39th miscut, 60th, 62nd first. Like that win was basically, you know, not out of nowhere, but he he wasn't in the best of form at the tail end of the previous season, and he hadn't shown it here. I mean, he'd finished. Um, 39th on his debut, and, and that was fine. But other than that, he's been pretty poor. He shot 65 in the second round. Uh, 60, yeah, 65 in the second round, or 68 in the second round on his debut. Um, and, and that was maybe the only sign that you could really take from it. Other than that, there, there wasn't really too much to go by. And and that's why I love him. I loved him last year, saying he's win equity, 66 to one. There's the West Coast. I don't care what he's done. It's great. And that's the exact reason why I don't like him at. 10-5 and at 16 to 1 because he is volatile. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um is there something I don't want to say there's something wrong with Hideki because he he's playing well enough. Um you know, he's got a fourth and a ninth in his last five or six starts. It's not like it's disastrous. He shot a Saturday 63 at the Tour Championship, but like it feels like he's been off from what we saw at the start of last season. I just don't see how you can trust Hideki in, in any way, shape, or form. Now, if he's the lowest owned of this range, could you take a shot on him? That's the question I would ask. Like, obviously, we can't trust him, but can you take a shot on him if he's the lowest owned? 
Yeah, I think I would, like, because he's got the third here, he's got the sixth here, um, he's only missed one cut in, in four starts here, so, like, it feels feels like if he was the lowest I would take him, but I don't like the gala at all, really, not, not a 10k, um, that's another one where people just want to sort of get on the hype train, we talk about that an awful lot, um, can he do it, obviously he can do it, he's a, he's a extremely talented player who is very, very capable, but when you look at his California form, it's steady but fairly me mediocre. I mean, I know he finished 14th um, in this event a few years back, but like, other than that, I, I just I don't really see it for Thigala. I feel like he wants a, a wider, easier test. Yeah, he went to Pepperdine, and that's the reason why you're going to get a lot of people in California, why people uh, like him this week, but I, I agree with you. I mean, look at the last handful of winners here. Champ always gained stroke off the tee when he plays well. Brendan Steele always gained stroke off the tee pretty much every, every time he time. plays. Yeah. Chez, who's played great here, he's a short hitter, but he always gained stroke off the tee. Tagala really never gained strokes off the tee, pretty much ever. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he fits with it, what we've seen do well here. No, and, and I think, I mean, you shot, I think it was a 64 or something in his, on his debut, and I think he might even still have been an amateur or, or certainly only just come on the tour here. Um so I guess that's what people will probably be relying on, and the fact that he is probably going to win in the next couple of seasons. I don't think that's you know going out on a limb. Um, but yeah, it's a good point you make about strokes going off the tee because I found it a course where anyone can win in terms of distance, age, talent level, consistency, etc. But one thing does seem to be even if you're a short hitter, you want to gain strokes off the tee. So in that Chesreev mould, that you do if you're doing it. And you gain your strokes by accuracy, that's fine. Um, but you do just need to do it, period. So um, there's certainly some people to target for that reason. And, and yeah, the gala wouldn't be for me. So I think that's a pretty decent summary of the 10Ks. And this is anything else you want to say? No, I, I completely agree. So I, I think this. Would, would you go with just not playing anyone in 10s? Y yes, that's what I would do. Okay. I, I, think, I think I would take a chance in home runner lineup and I would probably play some Connors just to get. Um, you know some of the high value guys in there but I certainly don't feel like if it feels like you're forcing them in I wouldn't do it because there's decent options here in the 9k range so I'm not going to go one by one in the 9k range it starts with Maverick Manili at 9.9 it ends with Emiliano Grillo at 9.2 um, talk me through your favourites in the 9k well here's where the difficulty comes into play because not many people are playing the guys in the tens. Poma is relatively popular, but he's the only one. And then you look at these high nines and it's a very, very popular range. Um Pendrith would be the highest owned player in the field. I feel very confident about that. And Cameron Davis is not far behind him. Um I do like Pendrith of these guys the best because like we talked about, he gains strokes off the tee all the time. Um he is, you know, when when he's on, even when he's not on, he's you know, he's almost a ROM light in terms of the, what he's done off the tee and, and his start so far. So I, I think he's very reliable. The stats recently have been excellent. So he's the highest owned player, and I think it's for good reason. Um, I can't get there 28, 30 to 1 betting wise, but I do think he's a pretty good DraftKings play. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where, like, the ownership would put me off because I just wonder, again, whether we're chasing him on base with current form. I think when, you, when you've had a couple of weeks where you're not playing, that, that can catch up with you. But when you look at his California form, he's got 13th to 16th to 11th in his last six or seven starts in California. Like That's a pretty steady you know, slew of results. And he was 36th here last year um, on his course debut, shot a second round 68 to sort of sit 25th at the halfway stage or 24th. So 
I do like him. I think I like maybe Davis a little bit better, uh, just just because I think he, he potentially has a bit more consistency. Whereas I think I know Pendrith's been consistent of late, but like as their careers progress, I think that, that Davis would be a bit more consistent. Um, but I really like those those nine three and nine twos in, in Tom Hoagie and Emiliano Grillo. Um, I think Hoagie is, is is bouncing back into life. Um, I think I think we we saw a dip from him in the past. His course form on the face of it doesn't look great. Three missed cuts in seven starts and never better than the 17th. But when he was 37th, he opened with a 65 to lead after round one. When he was 17th, he was just sort of steady all week long. Um, never shot worse than 71. Then he was 29th in the COVID year and opened 66-68 to sit eighth after two rounds. And then last year he was 36th where he was inside the top 10 for the second and third round. So... Um, I think his his course form is overlooked. I think he's got very good. He's, he's flashed decent rounds here, and I think he is playing not not what he was doing when he was winning at Pebble and and things like that. But I think he's starting to show life again. Yeah, he's going to be pretty low on too. Um, it's a, it is a high price for Hoagie. It's hard to swallow, hard to click that button at ninety three hundred. But it's actually quite I a good thing. With... Oh, it is. It is, and I think. And it's funny because you do a show with Sky, and I listen to I listen to you this week, and you and um, me and Sky are complete total opposite in the viewings of this, just because he's so high on the Corn Ferry guys, because he follows it, and I, so I don't yeah. blame him at all for being so high on them. But there, it just seems like there's so much excitement surrounding them that the people who are like, you know, so there's the common theme. I, I've seen probably five people tweet it this week. The swing season, great opportunity to get on guys who are young up and comers and might be able to get a win in a weaker field. That doesn't happen as much as you think it would, and it pretty much almost never happens i mean it, it does once in a while but like veterans like chez lucas glover stewart sink tom hoagie these are the guys who actually can take advantage of a weaker field as well and they're more seasoned right is justin sugg gonna be a better player than tom hoagie yeah is he right now probably not no when, when you look so emiliano grillo obviously done it on his course debut um in 2015 right and he just won the tour championship and then came in to to win this um he beat Ches Revian in the Tour Championship and then beat Kevin Nair in, in the in, in this event. So, you know, it's maybe he was just more seasoned than I think something. He, he didn't feel like a fresh face, new on the block type player. Like he'd, he'd been playing on the European Tour, he'd done some stuff before that. Like it's not like he was just brand new, do you know what I mean? So, um, He'd already finished runner-up in the Dubai Desert Classic, um, which which is a huge event. Um, he'd, he'd been he'd done well in two BMW events, Turkish Airlines Open. Like he was he was rock solid on the European Tour before that. Sang Moon Bay won it in 2014. Different. Uh, it wasn't this golf course, wasn't it? I think it was the first or second renewal at this golf course. But again, he'd already won on the PGA Tour. Yep. And so, not even just this course but like if you look at last season look at the swing season I, before i came on i went through i went through all the winners from the swing season from this event all the way to january there wasn't a single young up-and-comer there's only one person in his 20s and that was sung jm who won and who won in the swing season yeah and he's basically a veteran with the amount yeah. of reps that he's got so um so i said to jason on the best in podcast last night i sort of said like there's going to be an excitement to betting corn free guys and look i've bet justin sir like i'm not you know i'm not saying that you can't do it i'm not saying you shouldn't do it and and like i said to sky you know i get his excitement like you've said but 
I did say you do need to rein it in. I said because these are probably the worst prices you're going to get on them. So I'm taking Justin Serra at 50 to 1, knowing that if he misses a cut this week, he's going to 100 to 1 next week or, or the next mm-hmm. time he plays, right? So I'm willing to bet on that because I think that he hasn't had the the reps on the PGA Tour. You know, he's, he's got bad PGA Tour history, but it's been in and out. He's been playing in Canada, he's been playing in South America, he's been playing Corn Ferry and never really had status, whereas this time he's, he looks really dialed in. He's been playing five, six, seven, eight events in a row, finishing the best of anyone, like, other than maybe Taylor Montgomery. Um, so, of the two, like, Sarah Montgomery would be the people that I would look at in the Corn Ferry, but, like, yeah, like, to your wider point, your original point, circling back, like, I do think there is... It's just what it is. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like people are excited to play these guys, and that's good for people that don't take that viewpoint. So you can have the opportunity to, to go different. I don't like Davis Riley. I've, I've been off Davis Riley for a decent amount of time now. Um, not because I don't believe in him. I think long term he's great. Um, impressed me at the Valspar and things like that. But yeah, I just I think it's one of those ones where people are chasing the victory, like they were. You know, it was Zalatoris, and now they want Riley to do it. Yeah, I, I'm just like you. I've been off Raleigh from the beginning. Um, you say you know he's going to be great long term. Um, you know, I, I'm not even sure of that. I think he, I, I do like what he's done. I do, um, but you know, these guys aren't. He, he feels like a gamer. Like he feels like he he will just stick around and have a long career. Whether, whether he wins a lot, I don't know. But like he feels like he's got that edge about him that will keep him around. I think I think he's very competitive and I like it. He's got a skill set that does get him around. But no, I don't. When I say I know he's gonna be really good. Like I don't anticipate him being a major contender like other people would. Right. Um, and these guys that are coming on. I mean, they're 25 years old. They're yeah. They're they're a year. Like I don't even want. I don't want to mention living because I know people don't like it. So please just skip 15 seconds if you don't like it. But you got Eugenio Chikara who's 20 years old, and you got David Puig who's 21. Like I would rather watch these young international stars who are 20 and 21 than a guy. Taylor Montgomery and, and Justin Sutt, 25 years old, coming off the corn. It just doesn't excite me like it does some people. Yeah, see, I, I do like the corn ferry. I do like the progression of it. The only thing I would say about the corn ferry is that, like, like people like Sky, like, dives into the numbers, really does break down all of the, the raw stats in it. But there's a lot of... And the reason I don't get too high on corn ferries is because it's very, very hard. That They're very basic stats on the corn ferry tour, and they can be misleading, you know, just current form and course form, whatever. So I remember Sung J.M. just typically looking at him and he was like top of like everything, even though he was slightly shorter, he was driving accuracy, he was off, you know, he, he was excellent. Green, greens regulations, it was very predictable. But other people, it's it's very up and down. So, um, yeah, I think you really, if you are going to get really excited about a corn free guy, don't just do it because they're on a great run. Like really do take the time to, to dive into them. Um, would, would be my advice. But I, I agree with you there, but but, but just to, to circle back on my point, my, my, the guys who I said, the Puig and Chikara, nothing to do with live at all. I don't care where they're playing. Sung J.M. was 20 years old. That's what made him so exciting to me. Right. Joaquin Neiman turned pro when he was 19. That's what made, was so excited. Rory McIlroy turned pro when he, you know, that's what's exciting to me. A guy who, yeah, he's 25 years old. He's been through the rigmarole. He's been been a vet for a while going these circulating these tours. Yeah, he eventually he's gonna, it's going to happen for him. So, I'd like to see what he does on the tour, yeah, for sure. But just to me, it's not as as exciting. That's I, guess, I guess the counter would be like what Scotty Scheffler's done, right? Like rookie of the year, on the or golfer of the year on the on the Corn Ferry, rookie of the year, PJ Tour, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. player of the year. Like he would be the, the counter to that point. But um, going back into into the price points, so I think we've kind of is McNeely going to be too high owned for you to be interested. in? Yeah, I, I liked him coming coming into it. I don't think he's going to be incredibly high on because he is expensive. I just, I don't know. I don't know if 
I, he's been great on the West Coast, which I think is really good. But I do think a lot of it last year was smoke and mirrors. Um, he a lot of it was putting, and I know that's always going to be probably with him. But he just doesn't blow me away. His stats really haven't been good for a, for a good amount of time. When he did get in the lead um, last year here, he looked absolutely horrendous. Yeah, he he does just strike me as as Homer in terms of of the the California thing. Like if you look over the last fifteen events in California, Homer's one and, and Neely's two, right? Like he's got two runner-up finishes, a seventh and a ninth. So if he's going to win, it's going to be in California, I think, uh, which I think is what people are chasing. Um, Emiliano Grillo at nine two is it was my first bet of the week. Um, he's a guy that isn't going to be like a. <laughs> it's not going to be. A, a exciting pick it's, it's fairly obvious uh, he won on his debut he come 26th the following year 28th of the year after that and he was fifth after 54 holes um and then he's been in a little bit of a lull but even in 2020 he was um 29th and he was seventh after 54 holes so very very solid bank of course form um when he's at his best which he's not quite there yet but he's getting back to it um you look at his kind of strokes gain t um off the t numbers you know recently again over the last kind of 15 weeks really really good so um i really like uh, grillo but i imagine he's not going to be um going under the radar should we say no he probably won't but i'm definitely going to play him i think he's just a, a really nice safe play i don't think he's going to win but again if somebody random wins at 130 to 1 then it doesn't really matter if he wins or not at 9k and above he can just kind of finish in the top 10 and and make a lot of birdies and i think that's that's good enough and I do, so I, I like him, and I the whole angle I'm going with this week is I know there's the corn fairy excitement. I'm going to go with these guys who I think are more reliable and aren't going to completely burn me. Not that Grillo is incredibly reliable, but I think <laughs> at this course and the form that he's in, I think he's as reliable as you can kind of get in this this range. So I think a couple of your favorites now, you know, just thinking back to the shows we've done in the past throughout the season, getting to learn your your lines of thinking. Brendan Steele and Troy Merritt are either side of Denny McCarthy, right? And I don't really get the Denny McCarthy thing. I know he's improved as a player. Um, when his ball striking came to the fore, his putting went, and vice versa. Like he was very much just the putter guy for a long time. Um, you know, yes, he's been you know very solid. He had three top seven finishes, missed a couple of cuts, and then bounced back with um, you know twentieth and twenty eighth place finishes his last two starts, and was good at St Jude, right, and pretty good for three rounds at BMW. But um, four missed cuts here. Like, what? Why are we? Why are we overlooking that? Yeah, it, he's looking like almost literally unowned at 8,800, which is incredibly rare. You don't see that really ever. So if you do want to make an ownership play, McCarthy would be a really good one. Um, I'm not going to get there because I just don't like him. I never play him. I don't. Even if he was 6,700, I probably wouldn't play him because I just don't do it. Um, sixth and to, to balance it out, to you know, because we've both been negative on there. Sixth and twelfth is two starts in California last year. Um, Amex sixth, twelfth at Pebble Beach. So pretty impressive. Um, it's just that here he hasn't figured it out, and it's. It doesn't strike me as a test that suits me either. No, I mean, I don't hate it as a leverage play though. If nobody, if literally nobody is playing them, I'm assuming that Steele and Merritt are going to get their their backers. More Steele than Merritt. Um, I've seen a lot of Merritt love on Twitter and all that stuff. Um, I don't like him this week actually, and I I've liked him a lot in the Midwest. I knew he grew up in um, the Minnesota area, went to high school there. I know he did go to college, and um, he went to Pepperdine as well. Like to, he does have through this area, but I don't. I could be wrong, but I think most of his good finishes on the PGA Tour have come in the Midwest. I mean, he's been around a while, so I'm sure he has some good ones in the West Coast, but I don't particularly think of him as a, a West, West Coast player. So, again, you, you look at his his recent form in California, fourth at Pebble Beach, um, 
at the start of the season or start of last, this year um, 16th here when he was third at the 54 hole stage um, and again 16th for Pebble Beach but Pebble Beach and this are not similar um, there's, there's, no, there's no reason no. to think that that's going to help him um, if it was Riviera and here then, then maybe um, I'm pretty sure he has got a couple of decent finishes um, at the Valero Texas Open which does seem to provide some crossover which I think is maybe why people do like him Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. He's not for me. No, I understand that this week. Um, I, I do I do think if he was lower owned, um, it's, it's a decent play. Like he was fourth at the Valero this year. Um, I think that's kind of what's garnering a lot of his attention, plus the, the couple of decent finishes. So interesting. I love Brennan still. I, I just, I really don't understand. I, I didn't bet him yesterday um, because... I went with Grillo and then I had Justin Sir, but like the more I think about it, I've already played him in the first round leader. Like he's he's won here twice. He's led after the round one here twice. He actually led this event after round one at the previous course as well. So he just loves playing here at all this event. So you look at the BMW, shot middle rounds of 67, 65, and, and bookended it with six, 76 and 73, right? But pretty sure it's like long term he's been like an elite ball striker like you, you sort of referenced earlier like i looked at it on on tour tips in terms of stats like ball striking he was second over the last three months third after the last six months and still 13th when you go back a full year so i think other than kind of rory mcelroy he's been one of the most reliable people to see to green absolutely i mean yeah he he just strikes the shit out of the ball he's been doing it for a long time he usually can't putt but you look at guys who have won here and have played well here. I think a lot of it, um, a lot of them are kind of in that mold that he, you know, that he is in. He's just a ball striker. I think he, he also is really good off the tee. He gains a lot of strokes off the tee, like we talked about before. Um, I like playing him more when he's completely under the radar, which he's never going to be at, at Silverado because of his history. But um, I think he, him and Grillo are pretty much the same play to me, right? They've both won here. They both um, are proven veterans who i think are really safe and sturdy i don't think he's going to win for a third time but um he's he's really easy to trust with the way he strikes it yeah i, I i'm playing him knowing that he potentially caps out at top 10 or whatever um there's a really it's a really weird list of players now you've got thomas dietrich who i don't necessarily have too much interest in bearing in mind he's come back from wentworth um he's going to be finding his feet um, he was playing decently on the. Well, he played, he played one event well on the Corn Ferry Tour Finals and got his card and then missed two cuts, which was a bit of a miss because he could have sort of improved his ranking. Played well at uh, Wentworth last week, um, and had been playing well on the European Tour, but we've never seen that particularly translate. We see Matt Wallace come back to the DP World Tour and, and play really well and and not translate it to the PGA. So um, I think that's a bit of a weird one. I don't like Montgomery on this course. I am going to be following long term, but not for this one. Um, Webb Simpson <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with Webb Simpson right now uh, I normally have a pretty decent um, read on Webb Simpson bearing in mind that I, I sort of know his caddy and speak to him quite a lot but like I mean, he's got a 30th at this course and was 9th after 54 holes last year and he was 17th at the time before that like typically it would be a decent Webb Simpson golf course I think um, you know can gain strokes off the tee even when he's a bit shorter but like he was third after the first day at, at um, Rocket Mortgage, and I think he hit either either 17 out of 18 greens or all 18 greens, and shot a 66, and then just just folded. Um, 
and then just had, he, he withdrew from the window, missed the cut at St Jude. Um, I think I think it's going to be a little while before I trust Webb Simpson again. Yeah, I can't trust him to play, put four rounds together. When he starts shooting four rounds in the 60s consistently, then I'll start to trust him, but you, you can't trust him right now. Mullinax is looking like the most popular guy in this range. I'm going to pass due to that reason, although I see the appeal. Uh, he's not a guy I trust at 8,300 as the most popular guy in the range um, for me to play. I do, I do really like, I do really like him. Like he, I think he's been, he had been sneaky to this point. Like I think we sort of spoke about him a couple of times where like he got that win, and no one believed that he was going to follow it up. Like because it was like the Barbasol, no one thought he was going to play well. Come over to the British Open, finished twenty first, went to Rocky Mortgage thirty seventh, and then finished fifth and twelfth over at the playoffs. Like that's a, a really steady run of form he's got a decent finish here he finished 22nd on his debut uh was seventh at the halfway stage missed three cuts since so i do like him um but not not as the most popular player so i like justin Sir, as i've already referenced don't really have much interest in woodland or noran Wyndham clark would potentially appeal for me um woodland and noran are going to be extremely low owned so that's one reason why you could maybe go there you know people are talking about pebble obviously woodland won a u.s open at pebble but i don't necessarily think that's um like you said the greatest uh, course comparison you know small grains shorter course it just doesn't seem like it really really translates very well um i could see i could go there as an ownership um pivot and you said you like wyndham clark yeah i mean bomber who can get a hot putter look at champ what when he won here um homa hits it a long way gets a hot putter so i think you know he's the skill set of a guy i don't know why He's priced up here with these guys, but so he was he was having some really nice ball striking numbers for a little while, wasn't he? And even at the Open where he, he didn't put the four rounds together, he was showing something. Um, and then, um, you know, he he's just got reasonable like form here, like a thirtieth and a thirty third. Um, but I actually liked him because of what he's done in California. Um, like just in general like we, we think of him we think of Riviera like that was a, a really good place for him finished 8th there in 2021 I think he'd had a couple of decent finishes there in the past as well like 17th and 25th or something like that like he's he's played well at Riviera in the past he's, he's another guy that's played well at Pebble again don't necessarily trust it but 13th for the Amex earlier this year as well um does feel like he's the type that will just do well in California um does have that like you say that skill set that that can get you I think he's the type that can shoot the lowest round on any given day here um, and then just do nothing. And and that, it depends whether that's enough to, to kind of get you involved. Yeah, he's he wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets involved. He's a boomer bust type guy. He's a guy you often see kind of on Sunday in the last group and you always wonder how he's going to play. So I, I could definitely see that happening. So in the 7K ranges, this is, this is where you love to live. Uh, this is your... Jason Day, Cameron Champ, <laughs> uh, Ches Reeve will obviously come on to. Uh, Matt Kuchar, I was I was trying to bring back as a thing last year, and it worked a couple of times. Um, Jason Day, any interest? Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't do it to myself. Um, would I be completely shocked if he played well? No, but I, I, I'm not. I don't think it's worth the risk. So he was 17 for the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he was. He made the cut of the 3M is about the best thing you can say about that. Played okay at the Memorial. I think he'll make the cut, is, is what I'll say about Jason Day. That's not really enough to play him, but if, if so, I mean, his California stuff's great, right? Like, that's why mm-hmm. people um, like him. Even even when he's been going through his kind of worst of times, he's third, fourth, and seventh in recent starts in California. So, um, 
don't hate it, just don't need to do it, I don't think. Um, is this a Cameron Champ spot for you? Not this year. Uh, I just can't, tr- I can't trust him right now. He's so up and down. I, it kind of seemed like he was dealing with the injury towards the end of last year. And um, <clears throat> I, we talked about how he usually shows it coming, and he kind of did. And he had some couple good starts at the Rocket and the 3M. I was on him for those, and now I think I'm back off for now. Um, I, like, I like Andrew Putnam better uh, right, right beneath him who has some really good finishes in California. Um, he's been actually been really great uh, at a lot of places in California. So I think he's kind of a West Coast guy, almost sneakily. I don't, I don't think people necessarily have thought of him as that, but I definitely do. And he had a really good run of form towards the end of the year. I mean, I think the fact, I think he was in the top 25 at the BMW in that field. So I think put him in this field, and uh, I like him. Yeah, I think is that, was it was possibly Hawaii where I basically convinced myself that Andrew Putnam couldn't lose um for some reason um and and he did obviously um but yeah 11th 27th 5th and 23rd to finish the season really really solid 31st 46th 41st before that go to his course form he's got uh he missed a cut on his debut then finished 30th 36th and 30th and again you you talk about some hidden form he was inside the top 20 going into the final round last year and he was inside the top uh eight after the second and the third round sort of four or five years ago so um, yeah, I like Putnam. I think when you look at um, his location stuff again, um, he's got the he was sixth somewhere earlier this year in I'm just going to hover over it Pebble Beach. So again, make of that what you will. Fourteenth for the Amex, thirtieth um, here, like we said, mm-hmm. um, and second at the Barracuda as well, which I don't necessarily hate. So um, yeah, I like it. I think I think it's, it's an interesting one. I think it's a, a way that people are going to go to Champ because it's more obvious. Are people going to go to Chisarini? Yeah, he's looking like probably the, him and Taylor Moore are both going to be incredibly popular in this range. I don't think either of those ownerships are going to be debilitating in any way. I think if you want to play those guys, you can go for it, especially considering we're going to be avoiding a lot of those chalky guys up top. Um, I think Chess is incredibly safe here. I think his his floor is very high. I think it's a place where his skill set works. Obviously, that's why he's had so much success. You don't have to putt here as necessarily as much as other places. So I like him. Eight starts at this golf course, Ches Revy, which is the most anyone can make because that's how many years they've played here. Never missed a cut. 53rd on debut is his worst um, result. And then he's been 33rd or better at every single renewal. Best finish came in 2020 when he finished third. But even when he was 33rd in 2019, he was fifth going into the final day. He was 8th at the halfway stage in 2017 and 10th after 54 holes in 2016. Um, opened as the first round leader here last year with 65. Um, didn't kick on, obviously finished in 28th. But, you know, he's not finished better than 47th since winning the Barracuda. But he's, he's, he's flashed. Like, he played, we started well at the BMW, was 6th after day 1, 20th at the halfway stage. Um, he's 6th six, on tour in terms of total accuracy, which is driving accuracy and greens and regulations fourth and 33rd in those um you know respectively like there's certain courses that Revy can play well at and this is one of them you know his last two starts in california 10th at the genesis a win at the barracuda yes we keep saying that the pebble beach may not mean much but third there in the u.s open which is his standout major performance like ever um just likes this part of the country yeah 7600 just plug them in you want to get different you want to get cute do it do it elsewhere i think plug him in and, and get different uh, other spots in the lineup and for the taylor moore thing like i i was on that for three four five weeks and i just need to have a break on taylor moore and alex smallly uh they they were my guys for a little bit and 
I was very convinced that Alex Morley was going to do something somewhere. I can't remember if it was the Wyndham. Um, I think it was the Rocket Mortgage and then the Wyndham. Uh, mm-hmm. He missed the cut of the Rocket Mortgage and then finished 13th with the Wyndham. So he's been playing well. Um, for some reason, like Michael Gleet stood out to me like earlier in my research. Um, never really sort of explored why. When I look at his course form, he was 49th on debut. He was 14th in 2020. And he was 66, so he's three for three for made cuts. Uh, when you look at his current form, he's fourth and fifth his last two starts, on the, and they were both on the Corn Ferry, obviously. Um, but he was the 36th hole leader um, at that Tour Championship, and he's been he's been fine, like ball striking wise as well. So I think Gligic is an interesting one. I think he's probably priced too high to to take a you know a massive stance on. But outside of JJ Spawn, I haven't got that much interest in this range. I, I do like JJ Spawn. Yeah, Spawn looks like a good play. He looks, seems to be underpriced. It seems like everyone kind of forgot about what he just did. You, you mentioned the Valero um, connection, so obvious obvious fit there. And he's not as popular as I thought he was going to be. He's looking pretty low I, um, as of now. So I think it's definitely a good play. Um, Stewart Sinks, no no one's really playing. Um, he, he won here two years ago, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I, I am playing Kucher as a leverage play, and I just think west coast this west coast um putting surfaces he's actually ranks number one in the field for me and and uh, on these surfaces so i think you can just get a hot putter his form was pretty spotty at the end of the year but he did have a couple of weeks where he gained a lot of strokes and approach but he couldn't match it up with the putter and i just think it's a good opportunity to buy low low price low ownership see if he can uh have a have a good start was that valero when he was in the mix through like 54 holes it was snedeker him and I think that was when Spawn won. That was Valeria, yeah, because I was in uh, the States and I think I maybe put him up as a first round leader but didn't bet on him to win and was kind of getting a little bit nervous that he was going to win. I think that was Valero. Let's have a let's have a look. I'm just loading up the all new OWGR uh, website that I don't particularly like. Uh, second at the Valero. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Makes I, I like Cooch. He um has decent course history as well like when you you look it's very spread out it's, it's weird that he doesn't play it more often but he was 21st when they first come to this course he was actually third going into the final day and then shot a final round 76 missed the cut two years later and then last year came back finished 36th but he was seventh at the halfway stage um so kusha could be that kind of sneaky little play that we're looking for here um, but a little bit more on jj spawn just like you've already referenced the fact that he obviously won um in Texas and you know he was really really impressive whilst doing it um, you then look at the fact that he was going wire to wire at um, the FedEx the FedEx St. Jude um, which when you look at him just from like the fact I always wonder whether how much people look and I think you probably don't give people as we don't give enough people as much credit as they deserve like I imagine people knew that he was the leader after 54 holes but it's easy to look at 42nd and go yeah not playing that great um 23rd the following week but shot two really good rounds at the BMW in a tough course and then finished eight for the Rocky Bullwich before that so I think he's playing as well as he was when he won uh, and now comes to a course that I think he can compete at I mean again you look at his course form 55th 41st and 9th uh, nothing special but the 55th he was 11th at the halfway stage uh, the 41st he was 15th at the 54 hole stage and when he was 9th that was the best he could have finished, um, but still pretty impressive. Yeah, and I actually I disagree. I, I don't think we give people too much credit because I live and breathe this stuff just like you, and I almost forgot about it. I until you started talking about it, I completely forgot about it because you look at finishes a lot, and especially when you're like, you know, it's 
you're researching for an event, you're looking really fast, you're looking at all these different guys, and you, you just scroll through the results sometimes. You don't really think too much about it. So I do think you could overlook um, that, that form that he kind of was in, in, in term, especially at, the, um, at, the, at St. Jude. So, yeah, it seems like a good play. I think I think for me like this is coming into my research more as I've been doing the first round leader stuff like I just look at rounds in isolation now because I just want to see can someone like I don't care if someone finished 47th 35th and 23rd at a course like if they've shot a 65 a 63 and a 66 then they're capable of going low for one round so I think I've taken a more micro view on those um then you just get, you get some really Poor names How about here. Patrick Rogers? Any any interest in Patrick Rogers, California guy? Nah, no. Good course you, history. You, you can sell me on him, um, but I just I've given up on Patrick Rogers as a person. Yeah, I mean he's going to be really popular, which I don't like. Um, I actually bet him at a hundred to one, just kind of just in case. Cause, and this is maybe not the best selling point, but all I have to say here is, if he's ever going to win, it's probably California. here. It's California, and it's in a swing season event in a weak field in a course where he finished sixth last year. He's been pretty good here pretty much his whole career. Um, from the air, he went to Stanford, right? He's never going to live up to those expectations everybody had of him. But if he's going to win, it's going to be a swing season event in California in a place where he's had success. I just see him winning at, like, Riviera. I just see him doing yeah. something really random, like, you know, like a J.B. Holmes-type Riviera win. Um, That'd be fun. I, I just... I, kind of given up on it but I just, I just think the, the Patrick Rogers experiment is over um, <clears throat> but I, I get it I mean he's 100 to 1 right like it in terms of betting it doesn't matter uh, in terms of whether I trust him to build a lineup for me probably not um, Russell Knox popped up for me which is weird because I never liked Russell Knox and then I realised I don't like Russell Knox and didn't do it um, Lee Hodges is you know playing some decent golf ball striking well uh, getting off to quick starts so I think he'll be there over the weekend whether he kicks on from that I don't know um, at 7 2. And then we've got guys, I think some of our favourites in the past. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, I thought was interesting. Um, at 7 1. Uh, Chesson Hadley, probably at 7 flat. They're probably two that I like down here. You're almost at the winner, just keep going. But um, for, for those it's, two. It's, it's, it's not Brandon Wu, is it? It's Brandon Wu. <laughs> I, I prepared for this. Um, it, you should have. I mean, you could, you could have seen. I'll, I'll go with him first, and we'll talk about the other guys because I got a, I got my burn. Get, get, get it off your chest. <laughs> so, I'm just. He won the the Corn Ferry Tour Championship in 2020. I mean, if he was in this class coming up now, he's 25. He's the same age as Justin Su. If he was coming up in this class now, and I know he didn't string together the finishes like Su did, but he would be looked at as one of these guys. And now he's way cheaper than all of them, and he's way less popular than all of them. Um, and I think he's. You know, he won a national championship as a senior at Stanford, played Stanford in the area, California area, um, and he's starting to put things together. You know, he pops a lot. He, he has some bad starts, but he also has some good starts. He was in the mix at Wyndham. You know, he used to just have those past Palom starts that I thought. Um, he was a specialist, and I'm definitely going to be betting him at Puerto Rico and, and um, uh, the other one, whatever it is. Um, but Wyndham, he was good. Scottish Open, he finished in sixth place. So he's starting, I think, to look like he's potential of breaking out so why not have him break out at 130 to 1 7k flat um at in this in the state where he went to college so my counsel would be that his last four starts in california and the only four starts i can see in california all miss cuts um and missed the cut on this <laughs> golf course but how dare you but when you look at his list of results he's actually made the cut a pebble uh finished 38th there and and to your point he's probably taken a huge leap like 
second at the Mexico Open, sixth at the Scottish Open, third at Puerto Rico, eighth at the Wyndham, all in 2022. Like, that's what you like to see about a player. Like, I, I don't like the way it shows now on OWGR because it's like the, the top 50 best performances and you have to really scroll up and down. But, like, it used to be a snapshot of 20 uh, finishes and you could really see where they've improved. And, and and I think you see it here. Like he won the like you say he won the tour uh, championship in 2020. Um, he had a really good year um, in terms of consistency that year on the Corn Ferry, and he just seems to have elevated his game. Do I think it's here? No, I think playing at Mayakoba um, in a, in a few weeks or uh, Puerto Rico, like you say. But it, I think there, like he won't go overlooked, will he? So it's it's then. Do you take him when you think it's the best case scenario and everyone else thinks the same thing? Or do you take him hoping that he can just outperform his previous form in California? Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I mean, the fact that he was so good at Stanford makes me not really aware with the California thing. Justin Sa, I know he made a cut here last year, but he's a California guy. I, and he was bad on the PGA Tour whenever he, hit, he made a couple of stars. So I think that extra year of seasoning is, is what maybe he needed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um you just get some you get some names that like Martin Laird always seems to do something for for people. Um, he's got third, eighth, and seventeenth place finishes uh, on this golf course. I'm pretty sure again he's someone that's got some decent finishes in California in general. I think has he played pretty well at Riviera in the past. Um, yeah, he's been great at West Coast. And and he's just finished like third at the Barracuda. So you know Phoenix. Yeah, I don't. I quite like Laird actually uh, in terms of a play I do down too. here. Um, I do too. I'm off the Mark Hubbard train for now. I don't want to do that. Um... You know what's great about this thing? So I've bet I've only bet four guys, all 100 plus. So we're we're already to the six Ks, and I still haven't even mentioned two of my bets yet. This is fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Gotterup's down here. He's gonna be popular. Can't putt. Anything in Ricky Fowler going back to Butch Harm? I think that's a great thing overall. I don't know if it's gonna translate this week. Probably not. Never played this golf course which might just be a good thing because you, you've never seen him play badly at this golf course, which would be interesting. It was about this time of year last year where he contended, like at the CJ Cup, like in the swing season. Um, I think it's probably too soon, like you're saying. Um, but if if, the, if you see those kind of upticks where he starts finishing 18th, 22nd, 25th, 12th, like Ricky Fowler's going to be 8K and 8.5K again and, and really popular. So... It might be a case of buying early on Ricky Fowler, knowing that he's been doing that work with Butch. But who knows? No, one, no one's going to play him, so I think that's a good thing. I, I feel the same way with him as kind of we talked about with Day. Like you said, you think he's going to make the cut, which is actually, you know, I, I think it's a probably 50-50 proposition to most people. So I do think he will make the cut. And at 7K, when nobody's playing him, making the cut isn't really a bad thing. No, and considering Day is 7-9 and Rory's 7, like uh, exactly. Ricky's 7, um, you know... What do you make of Chess and Hadley? I had him written up as a, as a long shot play for me before. Uh, I just don't think he can. I don't know. Like 57th, 3rd, 23rd, 14th here, uh, either side of missed cuts. Uh, was playing really good golf to finish the season. Um, pretty sure he's played some decent stuff. He's not great in California, actually, in, in the last uh, few years. But again, he hasn't been great full stop over the last few years. So. I do like him in this golf course. To me, he's... I just have him zoned into... He's the Carolinas, Bermuda guy. And I don't... 
I also think he plays better at the end of the year when the pressure's on and he needs to make get his card than he is at you know starting off. Maybe he's a bit lax when he's got his card and, and doesn't need to work for it. Maybe. Yeah, I'm off Chesson. How about um, Chuck Hoffman? He started playing well towards the end of the year, didn't he? Yeah, and he's gaining strokes off the tee. Like I was just looking when you sort of mentioned that earlier. I'm pretty sure. 11th so in in the times that he's made the cut i don't know what he did in the times he didn't but 11th 15th 13th and 10th of the tee in his last four starts when he's made the weekend Pretty couldn't impressive. he be like Stuart Spink of two years ago definitely um 56th and 22nd here his last two starts mr cut his first two here um I mean, if, if it's the Valero Texas Open link, then then you're pretty happy with Charlie Hoffman, right? Um, yeah. He led the the field in strokes gain approach a couple of starts ago uh, for him. So, yeah, I mean, wine country, chilling out, you know, doesn't have a care in yeah. the world. Got plenty of money to sit on. I like it. Speaking of wine country, we've reached our next my next bet, 6,900. Good way to segue into the 6K range here. Uh, Bo Hostler. He had an Instagram story. He was eating a bunch of grapes. Um, you know, he has a, he actually has a, a beautiful girlfriend, which surprised me a little bit. I don't know why. I just did. <laughs> is this, is um, this we, who is it that we did? Was it William McGurk that we said he looked yeah. like he's been divorced and he's been married yeah. for like 37 years? But That's right. Um, I thought we were going to get some good feedback at that at that segment, but everyone made it, maybe shut it off by then. But, um, yeah, that does surprise me a bit with Hostler. Um I didn't really picture that, but I, again, almost the Rogers argument. If he's going to win, it could be in a place like this. Um, grew up in California. He's just a seems like a wine country, Napa Valley type of guy. Uh, stats are never going to point to Bo Hostler, like no matter what, it just doesn't happen. But he was in the mix that week too at Valero Texas Open. Um, with it was him, Cooch, Snedeker, and Spawn. Uh, Fratelli was around for a while, who I was on. But um, but yeah, I just think. 130 to one. Uh, if there's a, a chance where he might pop in a swing season event, I could just I could just picture it. Last four starts in California, 16th here, where he was third at the 54 hole stage. Missed the cut at Torrey Pines, which happens to everybody. Uh, he was third at Pebble Beach when he was the 54 hole leader, and he was 48th at Riviera when he was 18th after 54 holes. So, um, is it Moneyball where they start um, picking people based on how ugly or not their girlfriends are like <laughs> yeah. when he starts going like he's got an ugly girlfriend he's like what's i got to do with it? he's like confidence is low can't hit can't yeah. hit the ball um i'm pretty sure that's yeah, money so ball his confidence is high maybe it's a new girlfriend i'm just gonna go with that and it helps my case yeah i mean i'm pretty sure he's been with his girlfriend for years um but and, and no, i haven't so i haven't i haven't looked to rate her but i'll do that after the show um will gordon is playing some really good stuff on the corn frame. What I do like about Will Gordon is that we've seen him do it on the PJ Tour before. This isn't a guy that's new that we're getting heights about. Like he, He's played some really good stuff on the PJ Tour in the past. 61st here on his course debut. Did shoot at 67, which was fine. Um, not necessarily convinced he's a, he's a West, like he's a California guy necessarily. Um, at some point you have to you're going to have to get away from that. Like, Not everyone's going to fit that California mm-hmm, cast group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think he's a decent player at 6,900. I also think Michael Kim, um, he's playing with Max Homer in the first two rounds. Max Homer and him are, are pretty good buddies, I think. I might be wrong on that. Um, but they yeah. both played on the same team in college, I think. Um, 
and I've been wanting to get on Michael Kim for, for a long time now. Um, he's got a third place finish here uh, back in 2016, I think it was, um, and he's just been a much better player uh, recently. He he just, I mean, he famously won the John Deere and then never made a cut throughout 35 million events. So um, he's definitely not reliable, but a six nine, I think he's got some upside. Yeah, I, I like him. I think you make all great points. He's not going to make my lineups only because I like so many guys down here, and I'm gonna and I, I don't play that many lineups to begin with. Just so I play um, usually higher the you know single entries. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I play seven lineups playing under fifty or whatever. So I'm probably not going to get to him, but I do like everything you said. I agree with you, and I think he's a good play. So I'm not going to go through all of these. Um, some people that some sort of highlights that I kind of noticed: Austin Cook. Uh, Hayden Buckley, James Hahn, CT Pan, Michael Thompson. They're, they're the players that caught my eye uh, for varying different reasons. I'm not going to dig into all of them because they're 6K guys that you can't rely on. Um, but any of those that kind of caught your eye? We can dig into one of them because my final bet was in there that you mentioned, 150 to 1. Any, you want to take a, a guess? Was it Michael Thompson? No. Uh, James Hahn. James Hart. The assassin. The assassin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah be careful with that one. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I rephrased it. The assassin. So he, uh, he's been playing good to, to end the season. He is a California guy. Um, no doubt about that. And let's see. Um, he's made a lot of starts, obviously, but he, he went to um, uh, University of Cal, grew up in California. Uh, really good in, in California courses. He won at Riviera, which we talked about being a, a pretty good comp. Also some top five finishes at Pebble and, and PGA West. Um, ninth here two years ago. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, and he's a boomer bust play. I mean, could he miss the cut? Absolutely. Is he probably more likely to miss the He missed more than half his cuts last year. But when he does yeah. play well, he tends to finish kind of in the top ten. Um, he gained six strokes ball striking at St. Jude. That was his most recent start. So it seems like he's maybe, maybe found something. Um, but... You know, my question is, he made some comments, you know, pro-live comments. Is the PGA Tour going to let him win, or are they going to put a bunch of guys out there with uh, potato chips while he's putting and have them <laughs> chew as loud as they can? It's going to get happy Gilmore, and you cannot make this putt. It's going to be one of yes. those, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but he's great, right? Like, to your point, like, he basically just missed every cut to start the year and then finished ninth at Wells Fargo, ninth at the Bar- Byron Nelson back-to-back. Missed cut, missed cut, 67th, then 27th, 26th, 4th. Um, like, he, he is... He's a better bet than he is a DraftKings player, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's bad in this either. I think if you're going to take a chance on people, which you're going to have to do 6K, I don't think there's anything like a, a safe play down here. Like when you're talking about Austin Cook at 6,900, it's not safe. Um, I, I thought CT Pam was fairly low priced considering the type of player he is. But when you look at his recent form, like miscut, withdraw, miscut, like maybe that's why. He fucks me so many times. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so so does Han, but I just I don't care. I love him. You forgive him. I, I trust his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His face uh, is forgivable. Cameron Percy's four for four in made cuts here. Oh, he's an attention whore. He's yeah. He uh, he just he, wants attention. Without that though, like. He was 26th on debut. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just trying, trying to stay on track. Um, 
26th on his course debut. Then he was 7th uh, in his second start, 23rd in his third start, where he's a 54-hole leader. We know he's got problems with winning. Uh, and then 64th last year. So uh, and then when you look at his recent form, 41st, 50th, 26th, had a withdraw at the... I don't know where that was. Was that maybe Rocket Mortgage? Um, and then he was 8th at the Wyndham, where he sort of plays very well all the time. So I think he's capable of playing well at these types of courses, and I think he could maybe make you a cut and, and get you through. Yeah, very good ball striker. Um, he's always popping up on these uh, the approach rankings because he's he's so good with his iron. So he definitely can be good here. My problem is I've tried to go down the Percy Road many times in in my life, and his ceiling is so low. And that's it the is one really thing. Low. It is like yeah. so. It's like with with Han right next to. Him, I'd rather play like I'm not playing to to win my money back, right? And I want a guy who actually has a ceiling, even if it's tenth. You know, I'll take that at, at that price if that's his ceiling. But I just think his ceiling is 38th, and it's, you know, I don't know why you play that. No, that's fair enough. Um, current form for Michael Thompson, 59th miscut, 9th, 26th, 24th miscut, 31st. I think that's pretty decent for a guy in the 6K range. Open up the 65 at the St. Jude Championship. You then look, uh, miss his first three cuts here, and then went 17th, uh, 23rd, and 69th. Um, I thought that was a reasonably decent uh, look for Michael Thompson who we know the upside of Michael Thompson is winning uh, it doesn't happen very often um, upside of Michael Thompson is contending in major championships like he's won the Honda won the 3M almost won the US Open um, fairly long time ago obviously um, which, um, which US Open was that? Uh, 2012 when Webb won oh yeah yeah, yeah. Olympic um, yeah, Olympic club yep and Genesis, he's played well in, in in Riviera. So there's a couple of things that kind of point to me for for Michael Thompson. Nothing to get excited about, but he does play well at Torrey Pines as well. Again, not the same sort of test, but just California stuff. I liked Michael Thompson. Yeah, um, yeah, makes a lot of sense. I haven't thought of any of it, but I, I do I do think you made some uh, some pretty good points there. Anyone else that you really want to touch upon? Um, no. No, not really. Uh, Gim, I thought, would be a pretty good course fit for this place, but um, uh, he hasn't been play, playing well lately. So Yeah, I looked at Gim, and I, th I thought I was going to like him. One person that interests me at California, which I know you're going to hate, uh, so I already know what you're going to say on it, although he's now in the right price range for who he is, uh, Austin Smotherman uh, has got <laughs> 11th, 33rd, and 8th place finishes his last three starts uh, in California. Um, when you look... He played here last year. He finished 66th, uh, which is obviously not great, but he, I'm pretty sure he was inside the top 25 at the, the 36 hole stage. Um, he's not the guy people think he is, but he is a guy that I think that can get you through a cut. I'm too deep down the rabbit hole of not liking him, um, so I can't, <laughs> can't agree with you. I'm just miscut. Miscut. Okay. So don't follow me in on uh, Austin Smotherman, uh, unless you want to gang up on. Um, <laughs> On, on Matt here, uh, maybe he's pushed the buttons too many times this uh, this off season. <laughs> Dylan Wu, sixty one hundred. He's he's made a cut here. Um, that's about all I can say for him. Sixty one hundred. Um, I mean, there's nothing else really. He's made no, a couple of cuts no, in California. No Dylan for me, but Harry Higgs showed up here. Um, he almost Lyme, won this thing when Sink won California. 
Uh, yeah, like California. Yeah. I remember him and Sink won. Him and, it was like him and Sink down the stretch. Yeah, and he's got a second place finish, obviously, to your point there uh, in this event. He's also been uh, 11th on his last start, which was probably Barracuda. Um, yeah, Barracuda. So, has he played Valero well as well, Harry Higgs? It sounds like somewhere that he'd have played well. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought he was. A Texas was a place he would probably. If he was going to win, that might be a spot. Um, can't really trust him, but I just think 6,200. I mean, you could definitely do worse at a place he almost won. I I, I, I think I'm probably going to play him. Yeah, he hasn't played well at Texas Open, which doesn't, which surprises me because I think, you know, he, he talks about his time with uh, Bryson in college quite often. Um, I think that's about it. I think we're, we're kind of just plucking names out now. Um, interesting enough, John Organstein, who is probably was one time hated recently and then kind of people got back on him when uh, Alan Shipnock spoke to him. Was that John Augustine that did that? No. I don't even... who, who was the guy that played the first live event because he said he could never get any starts on the on the PJ Tour? Oh, it wasn't uh, Augustine, was it? was it? Was it American? Yeah. Um... And, uh... Oh, I, I know what you're talking about now. And he, he was—he played horrible, right? He played, yeah, played absolutely terrible and didn't get invited back. Um, it's not it was a highly rated younger player, I think. Yeah, it wasn't Augustine. Um But to, to Augustine's point, he's just finished 36th for the Cornbury Tour Championship, which is he's not great, but he was on track to do better than that. Uh, shot a final around 74, um, and I'm pretty sure he played here once and finished uh, eighth. So, you know, that's not a bad little form line for the minimum. Price golfer. Yeah. Um, sixth yeah. he did. I'm doing him, I'm doing him a disservice. He finished sixth here last year. Um, wow. It's really bugging me that I can't remember who that guy was that, that sounded off on on live and then kind of brought it back. Was it? Oh God. I know. I know who it is now. Ah oh, man, who was it? Oh, we're never gonna think of it. We're not gonna think um, of it. Not not in this time. And I will. I will message you after, and and we'll all remember who it was. But. Uh, Let's summarise our favourite uh, picks in each range. So I think we both established that Corey Connors is the safest player in the 10k range. Yeah, and I'll probably go to him maybe in in one of in one of my lineups. Um, but yeah, so I'd I'd say Connors. 9k uh, Grillo is my favourite play, but I like Tom Hoagie as well. 9k. I'm gonna go with Steele and Grillo. I like them both. Um, Pendrith? I'll probably go. I'll probably go Pendrith. Yeah, I'm just gonna go Pendrith. Uh, 8k range. I, I like this range uh, only because it's it's a bit of a minefield. Um, Still is the obvious one. 8-9. Um, I think Troy Merritt is being overlooked. 87. Yeah, it, it seems like he is. Um, I'm gonna go Steel just because the safety. Yeah. Um, 7k range is absolutely massive this week. Um, this is going to take me a little bit of time to kind of think back to who's Chez. It has to be Chez for me at 7,200. Chez is a oh, great, great play. Let's take two in, in the 7k range. It's a big range, so I'm going to take Chez at 7,600. Uh, I'm starting to warm to your 7k play on Charlie Hoffman. Um, but I'll let you have that, and I'll go with Chess and Hadley. Well, I can't go with Hoffman because I'm going Wu at the bottom. Of course. And, and then at the top... Um top of the sevens i like 
the two guys who I think are a little bit overlooked, who I like, and um, doesn't seem like many people are playing, but I really like a lot, are Putnam and, and um, Cooch. Um, between those, I'll go Cooch just because he's lower round, and I think he's going to be real sneaky. Yeah, it's a really tough one. I've gone Reevy over Spawn, but I, I do really like Reevy. I think it's a really safe play. 6K range then. Uh, we've already established um, that Bo Hostler's winning because his girlfriend's hot, and that gives him extra confidence. <laughs> um, but outside of him, uh, I like Michael Thompson. I'm talking myself into him. I'm going to go... Um, I'll go two here because I, I do like this range a lot. I'm going to go Hostler and, and James Hahn. The, the the hot girlfriend of the assassin is not it's not a bad mix right yeah that, that's going to win you all great. the money um, the winners the winner is going to be 100 plus that's what i'm saying that sounds good to me um which is really strange because i only got one pick i think in terms of betting in the hundred. hopefully it's him so hopefully yeah um matt i think that puts a bell near right i think that's um a good start to the season um if people were coming here waiting for us to talk about all the corn free guys we didn't um we obviously can, but I, I don't think the. I think it's a very weak class. Yeah, I, I think so too. If you, um, I, I agree with that. I think these guys always get overhyped. I remember, I remember talking about Sal last year. I remember um, a lot of people betting him coming into the coming into that. Um, I know he's a year and his finishes are better, but he's the best player in the class, and I, I'm not 100 percent sure he's going to be a, a good player. So I think Montgomery's potentially the best. Mm. Um, but I think I think they're one two or one A one B. But I think what people sometimes don't realise, although it has been kind of spoken about an awful lot recently, is we were spoilt with the last Corn Ferry class because it was a longer period, it was over two seasons, right? Because of COVID, yep. so um, the, the real best players come to the fore, whereas anything can happen. Like Thomas Dietrich got a card for finishing fourth in the finals, like stupid right, things right. that happen. So. Um, that puts a bell on it. We're, we'll be back next week. Um, remind me of the event next week, Matt, because my brain is gone to mash. Is the President's Cup next week? Nah, that might be it. That might be why my In brain the... is gone to mash. I think it's President's Cup, then Sanderson. Sanderson's Farm at the end of September. Um, so, yeah. So, we, we've got a break again, Matt, after after one week of coming on. We'll, maybe we'll do something next week to, to kind of have a show out. In President's Cup, we could talk a little bit about that and also the kind of overarching um, you know, themes of what's happening in the world of golf. President's Cup kind of goes with that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, interestingly, Poulter was slated to be a vice captain on uh, on the President's Cup. I don't know if you saw that. Um, he was no, meant I to didn't. Be, he was, I don't know if he was vice captain or he was he was going to assist the captain at the of the international team uh, until Jacksonville told him no is how he put it. Just, just showed him how to kick Americans' ass. He likes it. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he's he's not going to be there. So um, one more thing for live there. But uh, Matt, thank you very much as always, buddy. And uh, we'll catch thank up you. soon.